and we're back live. This is Winston Price, Senior Executive Producer of Voice America Talk Radio. Always remember, we are the oldest and single largest producer, distributor, and online broadcaster of original live on-demand talk radio programming, say it with me, in the world. We are here at the New Living Expo, still going strong, still going peaceful, still going well, here in wonderful San Mateo, California. Right now, we have a wonderful guest with us, Gideon Inns. Gideon, how are you? I'm doing well. Spot on, spot on. So, Gideon, what brought you here? Why this expo? Why speak here? What's going on? Well, I've been in the Bay Area um, off and on, more or less since I was born, born up in Mill Valley, and been in the different communities that practice yoga and qigong and wellness and only last year last year was the first time i came here i mm-hmm. always sort of looked at it askance like what are those people doing in right. that building once a year but it's also like really exciting like mm-hmm. it could be some neat stuff in there right and finally i decided to just jump in get us get a booth and start interacting with people doing similar things and different things to what myself and my wife do so how has your experience been here this weekend? I mean, um, this is something that you saw. You're like, who are those people? Then let me go figure it out. So your view, how do you see this event going? How is it actually affecting you? Um, I'm really getting a chance to get out of my mental box. I'm seeing mm-hmm. all sorts of things that never would have seen before. I'm really excited about the different the different sort of supplements that are here, the different paradigms, mm-hmm. the even though there's a huge spectrum of people that are here, there's a sense of sort of global community, mm-hmm. which is, that's kind of exciting. There's a lot of people working to change the world on different fronts mm-hmm. and making lots of neat connections. Yeah. Spot on, spot on. So we have the present sense Let's tell the listeners about your background, your past, what I like to call your journey story. Uh Oh, the question is where to start. God, I was, um, a lot of people come to Eastern spirituality or maybe even New Age spirituality from a Christian background or like a Middle America background. I wasn't one of those. I was basically raised sort of Buddhist and Hindu and then when I was a teenager I had to rebel so I went to Native American stuff that was different right you have to do something different than what your parents right, do right. and after a while that was nice but I wanted to have something a little more um, a little more practical a little bit more able to engage the world on a larger scale. I didn't know how to do that, so I went to India, lived in India for four or five years, and then came back, studied Chinese medicine and Qigong for a while, uh, finally got a doctorate in that, and then started combining those two in a number of different classes that I was teaching, the Indian tradition and the Chinese tradition, and been doing that since 99. Now, when you uh, were in your studies, I wonder more so what drew you to those particular things. Was it, you know, you were just going through and just trying to consume as much as possible and this is what happened? Was there a conscious choice to do certain specific modalities? How did you get to the skills and the uh-huh. skill levels that you actually have now? Like, what, what focused you to pick what you picked? Um, 
God, a combination of choice and chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The chance part was when I was a young man that was a Tai Chi and Kung Fu teacher in my hometown. So I ended up taking those classes. Mm-hmm. And of course, at the time, I thought that was much better than anything else out there. And <laughs> so I went through his whole training program, you know, got, got my belts and mm-hmm. went up in the system. And then when I went to India, after a while, I needed to drop the Kung Fu and Tai Chi. India, the places where I was in the monasteries and with the renunciates, there's very much this view of ahimsa, non-harming. Okay. The Kung Fu forms didn't work there. Could get up in the morning, do Kung Fu forms. People are meditating by the river. That just, it doesn't work. Understandable. Maybe these days. Mm-hmm. But back when I was doing it, that wasn't a fit. So I dropped the Chinese sy- system style mm-hmm. for a while and then went really deep into the Indian. And the Indian systems have, there's actually many, many layers to them and many sort of sub-paths. Mm-hmm. And I stayed mostly in North India, big difference between North and South India. Um, and after four or five years... I decided it was time to come back to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And so I started teaching yoga right when yoga was catching on. Gotcha. And the version of yoga that I was teaching was very different than what was here. Mm -hmm. I'd never seen really Western yoga. I'd only seen the stuff that Indians were doing in India. Mm -hmm. And then I found someone who was also practicing Tai Chi. And I'd been teaching some Tai Chi off and on when I got back. And when I saw this this group of people move it was exciting and devastating at the same time it was exciting because i'm like wow this is this is what tai chi is and Mm -hmm. it was devastating because i'd been practicing for like 15 years and i realized i had no clue what i was doing so i actually stopped teaching tai chi and i started studying again from the ground up Mm-hmm. and ended up getting my doctorate in Chinese medical qigong mm-hmm. at the same time got master's level in tai chi which they call shifu which is a sort of master um, and these days I'm doing more of that and less of the yoga because mm-hmm. yoga is becoming much more commercial and we're sort of getting to like McDonald's level with yoga and rather than trying to teach people more Indian style of yoga or something um, that they already think they know about. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get out in front of the wave of Tai Chi and Qigong Mm -hmm. and get a nice solid foundation because that's going to be the next thing that that catches on. Tell people your understanding and or definition of uh, Tai Chi Chuan and of uh, Qigong. Qigong. So Tai Chi is one of, it's the most well-known of a family of internal martial arts called Neja, which is, refers to the way that some of those martial arts practitioners move as well as how they reference their movements. That um, might be easier to understand if you compared something like, like Taiji with the traditional Chinese Kung Fu, which is usually more external. So Shaolin, Shaolin Chuan is considered an external style and the movements of internal style versus external style are at least in the beginning there's a very clear difference external styles more 
it's obvious what's going on when someone's doing it. If you see a Shaolin monk practicing a martial arts form, a kung fu form, it's very clear that it's a martial form. There's no doubt in your mind. It's kind of scary, it's explosive, it's fast, it's sharp. With the Tai Chi and some of its, its relatives, which are Xingyi, Bagua, Dajin Chuan, there's some others. Um, but with Tai Chi in particular, the movements are slow and it doesn't seem to the, to the viewer like there's a martial art taking place at all. Mm -hmm. It looks soft, mm -hmm. it looks gentle, it looks like the old man is just doing some sort of health exercise. Mm -hmm. But there's a martial side that people don't see. So that's sort of what it looks like from the outside. Inside, what makes the Tai Chi really different than some of the other external martial arts is that you have a reference of the reason you're moving slow is to listen to your own structure. So taking a full breath to complete a single movement with the arms, for example, you learn how to move from your feet to your hands, you learn how to shift the weight, you learn how each joint works in harmony with the others, where if you were moving 10 breaths for a single or 10 movements for a single breath mm -hmm. you wouldn't have that you'd be going right. so fast the only authority would be the teacher telling you mm -hmm. that's correct that's not correct where the internal styles the authority is actually on the inside even as your um, your teacher is still directing you through a specific form absolutely now what about qigong you gave us a a, a, a good visual of your ideas of uh, tai chi chuan what about Qigong? Mm -hmm. Explain that, please. Well, Qigong is actually sort of the elder brother, even the forefather of all of the other systems in China. Qigong is the oldest documented, continually practiced system of healing exercises that we know of, right, in the world. Um, definitely no doubt practice since at least 200 BC we've got a scroll with like 40 different exercises from that period and references to Qigong and related exercises go back several thousand years before that even so it tends to tends to be secular again from the outside you'll see someone practice uh, I don't know red phoenix style or swimming dragon style or something and mm -hmm. they seem to be very different if you look and think that okay, this has been done for 2,500 years, then it makes a lot more sense that there would be a thousand different styles because mm -hmm. it's been out there for so long. What the styles have in common is a basis of usually slow movements, although mm -hmm. sometimes they're fast or completely still. Generally, they're slow movements, animal-like movements mm -hmm. that focus on how to heal your body in a way that makes sense with Chinese medicine. So it integrates with Chinese medicine. You're stretching actual meridians that the same ones that an acupuncturist would diagnose right. or treat, right. except you're doing that yourself in real time. Mm -hmm. So usually I refer to, to Qigong in like the simplest possible terms as doing Chinese medicine to yourself. Ah, spot on. So. In your mind, would it be fair to say that Qigong's uh, innate purpose is healing and health? I would say that's Qigong's um, highest potential. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's actually places beyond that as well. So you could put that on a spectrum. You could go from 
someone is really not doing well. Let's say they have some kind of chronic disease and they just haven't been able to sort it. They come to Qigong or Chinese medicine and they start to go from being really sick to just kind of tired to feeling normal to feeling excited to be alive. Mm -hmm. That would be one transition, going from sickness to health. Mm -hmm. You keep practicing, you can go from health to radiant health. Mm -hmm. Great. And then there's a whole, nother, a whole other spectrum um, of Qigong that goes from being just wildly healthy to what they call internal alchemy. Okay. Which is where you find an intersection between a lot of the stuff that we see here at the New Living Expo where people talk about you know, different dimensions or dimensional shifts mm -hmm. in consciousness and stuff like that. Except the difference with Qigong is that that's been tested for thousands of years mm -hmm. as opposed to something someone just started practicing 20 years ago or 30 years ago. It's been tested. It integrates with Chinese medicine and it integrates on a foundation of health. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So physical health is the basis and then from there you become wildly healthy and then what does a wildly healthy human being look like? There's actually set paths that people have explored. Some of them, they've gone really over the edge in paths that didn't work. Okay. There's a really interesting history and people trying to sort of become physically immortal and trying out all of these internal medicines that ended up poisoning them. <laughs> but they, yeah. they took down really good notes and mm -hmm. part of the way through, that was passed on to someone else that then referenced that became the body of knowledge and that's right. passed on. Lots of neat experiments. Asia is just a fantastic melting pot of human potential. Hundreds and thousands of years of trial and error. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. I, I don't know about hundreds of thousands. Hundreds, hundreds and, and thousands. thousands. Yeah. Hundreds and yeah. thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's say this. Let's say we put uh, Tai Chi Chuan, your concepts and ideas of that in front of you. Mm -hmm. And then also take the concepts and ideas you have of Qigong. Uh -huh. uh, put them in front of you. How would you tell people, show people the differences between the two. Mm -hmm. um, for illustration, if we put something else up on that spectrum, like mm -hmm. put karate up on that spectrum, that would be over to one side. Tai Chi would be in the middle and Qigong would be on the other side. Basically, if you took um, at least Taoist versions of Qigong, and this is where things get really interesting because Taoist practices and Buddhist practices have differences. Buddhist practices tend to be more rigid, more rigid, more rigorous, more obvious, more that external style, and the Taoists tend to be softer. So if we take the Taoist versions of Qigong that are soft, flowing, animal-like, water-like, you could basically take that and use a karate form, mm -hmm. mix it with the water-like movements of Qigong mm -hmm. and you would end up with something a lot like Tai Chi. So Tai Chi is essentially a martial art, a martial form, martial sequence and there's a whole world of martial training beyond just a single solo form or sets of solo forms. But Tai Chi is basically a martial, martial practice done in a way that incorporates the slow flowing movements mm -hmm. and the knowledge and understanding of Chinese medicine, both for self-healing 
and although it's not visible in the form, also for attacking and defending. You've probably seen in kung fu movies where people attack certain points and mm -hmm. the person's paralyzed or stuff like that. They've actually figured out how to do that, to attack different nerves, and that's part of the higher levels of Tai Chi. You don't see that in the park, but it's there. I'm going to say this, it, it depends on what park you go to. Um, <laughs> uh, for the listeners out there, I want you to do this. Uh, look up these three styles of uh, Tai Chi Chuan. Look up Yang style. Look up Wu style, that's W-U. And also look up the Chen style, C-H-E-N. Tai Chi has a very um, rich nature, a very rich background. And what I say when you go to the park, if you see a Chen style Tai Chi Chuan practitioner uh, do their form, you're going to know that there's a little bit of violence in there. Yeah, I love, I yeah. mean, you hear these, Absolutely. these smacks and it's, 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 it's a wonderful, wonderful essence. I mean, and even getting into that, even getting into the idea of Tai Chi and, you know, having these different styles of, you actually referenced earlier that uh, Tai Chi is one of uh, some central internal martial arts. Do you study or practice any other I practice, internal martial arts? I um, practice a few of the other ones. I've done some Xing Yi. I practice Bagua, and there's other styles as well. I practice Da Chen Chuan, mm -hmm. which is usually not known under that name outside of China. It's called Zhan Zhuang, which is post-standing. This is Often, if you see someone standing very still, mm -hmm. um, they're holding their arms sort of at chest height, facing, palms facing the center of the chest. Mm -hmm. You'll see that. In fact, um, a great example would be there's a, a large group of people that practice Qigong in uh, a system called Falun Gong. Mm -hmm. And a lot of their standing practice is basically the same thing as the Zhan Zhuang or the Da Chen Chuan standing practice. So there's a whole lot of exchange between these different systems. It's almost like one system will just emphasize certain techniques or certain approaches more than others. For example, of the four styles that we've talked about, Da Chen Chuan tends to be the most static. At least that's the most obvious part that you see in training. Mm -hmm. um, Xing Yi, which is, I believe, the oldest of the internal styles in terms of things that we can trace back, um, Singi tends to be more linear. It's obviously, if you look at it, it's obviously violent and rough. Um, tai Chi tends to be, in comparison to Singi, it's circular, but in comparison to the other player, which is Bagua, it's, it's got lots of right angles, where Tai Chi rarely do you find people going off in a direction that isn't on one of the cardinal directions. If you had north, south, east, west, mm -hmm. normally the majority of the movements are north or south or east or west. You mm -hmm. don't find so much northeast or southeast or things like that. If they are, it's usually for transitions. Mm -hmm. Where Bagua, um, which is the youngest of these, these different systems, is something that will go from north to southeast to northwest to any direction in any transition in any way. And there's sets of those. Mm -hmm. Ba's, eight, guas, trigrams. So if you've seen the yin and yang, it's just, it's, li it's like a, a binary system, mm -hmm. right? Eight bits. 64 um, bits, yeah. You, 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 get, <laughs> you get 64. And then there's sets of animal there's eight animals, so each animal will go through with that set of eight in mm -hmm. a slightly different way. Right. And 
even within that, those different styles. It's, well, it's I mean, just beautifully nuanced. Uh, for, okay, so a part of this talk right now is going to be for those in the know. Um, when have you read uh, the uh, I Ching, the I Ching? Yes. Spot on. Yes. When it, you all need to go read that flat out. It's going to really show you binary code. It starts off with the ones and zeros. You're going to see this yin-yang on and off thing going on. Uh, the thing that I rather enjoy about Bagua Zhang is how it actually takes the ones and zeros and then turns it into a 64-bit code. Because you have these um, eight trigrams, right? And then you take those eight trigrams, and now you have to have a yin eight and a yang eight. And then you take those eight and you make these 64. And they, they um, use these animal names. Let me see if I can do them. Uh, let's see, there is, oof, I just go by pairing. Cool. So we can do lion and then dragon. Then there's phoenix and unicorn. Then we have bear and monkey. And then there is snake and rooster. Nice. And they take all of, they, they take those eight, and guess what? Each animal has eight separate palms, okay? And then each of those eight separate palms has eight separate entries. And each of those eight separate entries has eight separate applications. It's beautiful. And the way that um, we are seeing computers now, this is how these systems have developed. Just letting you know, it's cool stuff. That right actually on. came from a um, Leibniz. I think he was 18th century mathematician that was reading the I Ching. And from his readings in the I Ching, he developed the 8-bit system that actually forms the basis for our computers today. So basically, all of the technology that's allowing us to do this is directly from the I Ching. Spot on. I'm going to take this time to do a little bit of education to you people. Okay, here we go. So, you know that little symbol you call the yin-yang symbol? Please stop calling it that. That's not its name. The name of that particular symbol is actually Taijito. So think Taiji and then just put T-U at the end of it. All right? Uh, when you say things like yin-yang symbol, that's like saying the word together in English is to get her. It's not. It's its own separate word. All right. When you really start to study what that symbol is, do this. Spin it. You'll see those two, those two points spin. You take that and you throw it through a three-dimensional or four-dimensional uh, plane. You actually get the, si the sine and cosine waves. All right. That symbol, that's why I'm asking you, please stop calling it the yin and yang symbol, symbol is an actual mathematical formula, a uh, gram. So just letting you all know there's more to these things than what you've been marketed. And this is something I rather enjoy about speaking with Gideon because he brings the history and the culture and the knowledge to light. So thank you, Gideon. What do You're you welcome. actually have coming up? What's going on? What do we have coming up? Um, there's a couple things I'm really excited about. In, in November, we are doing our Living Qigong and Living Tai Chi course, which is a week-long intensive. This is for people that actually want to learn how to do Qigong for themselves as opposed to just dropping into a nice class once a week. This is people really want to go in, they want to understand, they want to have a toolkit, they want to be able to use it in their own lives to make a difference. Um, we've got 
the course start that starts in November and then finishes in March or April of next year. March is the second week of the Qigong course, and the second week of the Tai Chi is the following week, the first week of April. Another thing that, this is probably my, my, my favorite baby here, is the footsteps on the path. This is where we go back and we look at the history of yoga and Tai Chi and meditation. We look at how it came to be the way that it is, how it was originally practiced, and then we start to um, challenge some ideas like this is an authentic method or this is a recent method or this one is fake and this one's real because we, s we map these practices through history and we see they're constantly changing. And Initially, it's kind of overwhelming. The end result is that we see ourselves as the tip of the spear. We're the, we're the cutting edge. We are the people that are carrying these practices forward. And the, the level of commitment that we as individuals have, the people that practice yoga or qigong or tai chi, the, the level that they have to the, of commitment to that practice and to exploring it, in the modern world, that is what carries forward. And it's not like we need to pretend to be Chinese or Indian to make the practice more authentic. It's can you get the essence? And that's the dates for that are October 28th. We'll, we'll be in the South Bay at Breathe Los Gatos. Spot on. And where and how can people find you and reach you? They can find us at livingqigong.org. That's living. And qigong is Q-I-G-O-N-G. Org and livingtaichi.org. Taiji is spelled T-A-I-J-I dot O-R-G. And we have one more website that sort of has all of our workshops on it called yogistoolbox.com. yogistoolbox.com. Spot on. So we've got yogistoolbox.com. We've got livingtaiji.org. And we have livingqigong.org. That's us. Gideon, thank you so very much for your delight, your pleasure, your knowledge, your skill, your warmth, your glow. Oh my goodness. Spot on. Thank you, this, Winston. Right on. This is Winston Price, Senior Executive Producer, Voice America Talk Radio Network, coming to you live from the New Living Expo in San Mateo, California. See you back in two.